from their secret lair on the back lot of an abandoned theme park in the heart of the New York of the South. They spring into action whenever an unwanted opinion is needed. This is Two Dudes on a Backlot. Now, here's your hosts, R.L. Sutton and Harvey. We are Two Dudes on a Backlot. My man, R.L. Sutton. That's me. I'm Harvey. We got something to say, but no one asked. It's all about the strike. It's about to go down. Hollywood actors have announced that they will be joining an ongoing strike with the screenwriters in the industry's biggest shutdown for more than 60 years. The Screen Actors Guild, SAG, wants streaming giants to agree to a fair split of profits and better working conditions. Some 160,000 performers have stopped working as of right now. The stoppage means that the vast majority of U.S. films television productions will grind to a screeching halt. RL, your thoughts. My thoughts. I have many on this one. Uh, first, I would like to point out, I don't know if you're aware, that the studios were able to make a deal with the Directors Guild. They, uh, they got a three-year contract extension and just about everything they wanted. What do you think about that, Hot? Harvey. I think it's it's typical because there's levels to everything. There's levels to this ish. And as much as we the general public we see a lot of these actors and it seems like they, they live a, a grandiose life and they make phenomenal money and you see how much stupid money they spend on stupid things. That's not the case for a, the majority of the performers. With on these television and movie sets, you have, you know, actors that are just background or they're just supporting. Within a cast, you'll have the star of a show making probably 60% of the profits of that particular show, and everybody else is getting crumbs, including the cast and the technicians, and it goes all the way down to the people that do the crafts table that set out the treats and food for the cast and crew. The directors are like on a higher tier along with producers. So it's almost typical of, okay, we're going to, it's a very American corporate way of thinking. We're going to take care of this upper management and then they're going to get these, you know, worker bees and peons in line. So, so far they've done that. They took care of the directors, but the bulk of the people that put on or do these productions, which are, your writers, the ones that write the material that these actors will be performing haven't been compensated. But there's a lot, everything is nuanced. There's balance to everything. It isn't all evil because we also have actors and writers not, you know, pulling their weight either. But give us a further breakdown of this SAG strike, RL. Uh, the, uh, the thing about the directors, to go back to that for a moment, is the directors have been clever in what they do. And what I mean by that is they actually direct sporting events. Major sporting events in this country, those directors are part of the union. 
and the difference I think that the uh, the studios see is a movie can be as higher risk as we as of today at this moment in time sporting events make money no matter what and if you think that they have a problem Hollywood has a problem now imagine if all of a sudden you said look these major league games whatever the sport basketball football hockey they're going to go on but we can't televise them because we are breaking our union contract the majority of people would be there are a lot of people in this country would be outraged by that idea and the the directors go to like yeah we're going to get in there we're going to be directing those events that way it ensures that they have to make a deal with us because major sports make billions of dollars whether the teams are good whether the teams are bad Sports fans are pretty quick to follow a team for decades even, and they may not even get to a major place in their industry, but they're still going to watch it. You can't say that about films. An actor is almost like the flavor of the month, the same thing with a writer. You're only as good as your last event. You're only as good as your last movie. You're only as good as the last film and Hollywood's very much of what have you done about me late done for me lately sporting events is different they're constantly refreshing the product they're constantly bringing new talent in something that one could say that the uh, studios could adopt so they're always bringing something new and there's always that every season you're waiting for that next big thing this time your team's going to make it all the way movies People get a little tired of it. They're like, eh, you know, it kind of reminds me of the last film that, say, The Rock did. It kind of reminds me of the last thing that Michael Bay did. It's, you know, it's almost copy and paste where any given Sunday, as the saying goes, something new could happen. And that, that could be that time where you want to experience that. The other thing the streaming giants have done, and that's what the uh, the actors and the writers, they want to see the books for the streaming shows. They want to know how much they're making, but they're, the studios are hiding that. And they're like, hey, if I'm owed this much money, I want to make that, that money. Where sports differ in a major way is you want to experience that in the moment. You want to be able to get on your social media or sit around the house with your friends and say, holy cow, did you just see that? You don't want to, you don't want to delay it and say, eh, maybe I'll watch, you know, the Heat play, win the playoffs tomorrow. No, you want to, if you're a Heat fan, you're wanting to see that when it happens. That's one of the things I think that the director's guild got a hold of. They're like, this will guarantee us that power when it comes to negotiating because, fine, do it without me. You can't go to air. What are you going to do? So I think that at the moment, that's where they have the, the strength of, um, in the negotiations. I totally agree with you with the situation with sports because sports is the last bastion of uncertainty. You know, we get teasers and and spoilers with pretty much anything entertainment these days because of the internet and YouTube. But with sports, unless it's like something predetermined like pro wrestling, we don't know what the outcome's gonna be. You have to watch it live. Even if you're, like I'm a sports fan. I watch the major sports, baseball, basketball, football, uh, love mixed martial arts. And 
even though my team may not be in the finals of the NBA finals, I still want to know, like you said, I could record it, but it's not the same. You're, you, you, the best you could do is record a sporting event and watch it later that day and somehow find a way to not go on social media or, or listen to local radio to, for, it, for them to ruin it for you. But that's an that's an upper hand that you know entertainment's never gonna have because we could you know we're in a strike right now but let's say in this metaphorical the strike hasn't happened and Cobra Kai was supposed to be released this fall now it's been set back like everything else right now as of we're recording this episode it is July 16th and we would already start be hearing here about things that are gonna happen in this season that they're going to release in the fall. We would already have spoilers. We would have images. We might even have teaser videos. So sports is something that is always going to have that upper hand. With streaming, it is true. It's not that that old arrangement that with residuals and TV shows and you do a certain amount of episodes and now you could syndicate and then you're going to get x amount of residuals from each episode but what has happened in the last couple of years well writers have been lazy they haven't been writing good television shows and good movies television has been faring better than movies but what have been seeing one reboot after another one reboot after another, one remake after another. Total, you know, unoriginality. So it's not all writers, but a lot of writers have had made a great salary putting out crap. And then actors, yeah, there's some good actors, but there's a lot of butthole actors. And it's like you, you, a lot of them can't, don't even have the basic skills to put on you know, a decent performance anymore. So just like everything, you know, I'm all about balance and something needs to happen with the situation with streaming. And there are a lot of writers that right now are struggling. They can't pay their bills because they're living in Los Angeles, California, which is a ridiculously expensive place. And since post COVID, everything has gotten sky high expensive. And the arrangements that they have, they can barely pay their bills because we don't have creatives running these movie studios and these television studios anymore. We have business people and it's about making that buck. It's about return on investment and it's making for horrible entertainment. So I'm hoping we get something better out of this strike, but I'm going to be the, 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 the typical cynical Harvey and and think uh, I, I I sadly see the the man getting their hand raised. I, I, I see the studios and all that getting their way. What, how do you see this working out, RL? Deadline reported uh, before the uh, actors went on strike. Their headline was Hollywood Studios WGA strike in game is to let the writers go broke before resuming talks in fall. And the statement one of the, from the article, it says, I think we're in for a long strike and they're going to let it bleed out, said one industry veteran 
This is Inmate with POV of Studio CEOs. They're saying not Halloween precisely, but late October for sure with, is the intention. And one of the Hollywood big wigs was quoted as saying, the in-game is allow things to drag on until you start losing their apartments, losing their houses. That is studio executive told Deadline. Acknowledges cold as ice approach. Several other sources reiterated that the statement one insider called it cruel but necessary evil. And speaking of necessary evils, or not necessarily evil, Bob Iger says, Writers and actors not being realistic with Strike is very disturbing to me. It will have a very, very damaging effect on the whole business, and unfortunately, there's a huge collateral damage in the industry to people who are supporting services and I could go on and on. I will have, it will affect the economy in different regions, even because of the sheer size of the business. It's a shame. It's really a shame. He said this, mind you, while he was on going to vacation with other billionaires. And I believe I read he's going to get $27 million just for this year. But he sent a writer of She-Hulk, whatever one may think of that, a check for a big $325 as a residual. So I believe... This is basically the Hollywood Empire striking back. They're coming at it as a way to clean house, to get control, to take back their control. And there's also one more thing that they can throw at it. But I want to, what's your feelings on Mr. Iger's comments? Do you feel like he's being just ignorant by, he's ignorant of the situation for people or he's, just doing this because it's cold, hard business, and that's how he wants to run this until he's, he can potentially sell the company. I don't want to be somebody that straddles the line, but in this particular situation, it merits it both because he is clueless, but he's also evil. He, he does not care. You can... I am the, of the firm belief be it in politics, be it in retail, in business. The only place that I would make the exception is like the military because the military, to go up in rank, there's a certain order and certain tests and things that you have to qualify. But he's been somebody that's just kind of weaseled his way all the way up to the top of Disney. And what was his reign? What is his legacy? He didn't do anything. All he did was just write checks and just went on a shopping spree. He just bought IPs and slowly just ruined every single one of them. So he is totally clueless. Of course, he's going to be basically saying, hey, guys, right now we're not making money. This is a horrible time to strike. He's not lying about that. That is true. But why is this? A, why are they in dire times? Because of boneheaded moves that he's done or people he's helped put in position that's helped put out a lot of this horrible entertainment product that's been coming out of Disney Studios since he's been in charge. So somebody like Bob Iger doesn't get to their position because they took tests and they qualified for positions. No, they, they cheat, lied, and stealed and stabbed a lot of backs, you know? So Anybody knows Something me knows that I done. have an opinion about some of the content coming out of um, Hollywood. 
Break it down, man. Basically, Break it I down, brother. First off, I think we're, we're getting rehashes, rehashes, and you have a lot of writers. You don't have a good mix in some of these writing rooms that these are people who have only lived the Hollywood life. So in turn, they cannot really... That's all they know. They know CW-style life where where everything is just happy joy or they're they're used to having different um they're not used to living always living the hardest lives if you grew up in hollywood you're used to celebrities around every corner and usually you're some of the people who have some skills are making extreme amounts of money and the the writers in hollywood don't have a lot it doesn't seem like they have a lot of life experiences a lot of them grew up in with silver spoons in the mouth. They knew people who knew people, so a lot of them didn't don't always have the ideas that people who have had extreme life experiences have had. For instance, many of the writers behind the original Star Trek served in World War II. They were in Europe. They were in these other countries. Yes, some of these people have may have traveled to Europe and had you know been around all these unique unique lifestyles but they don't know what it, war was like they weren't on the front lines like say stan lee was they haven't really seen the hardships that humanity can put on each other so they they write characters who who remind you of um a cw show that they that they just i just feel like when you have a lot of life experiences and you don't always have a silver around people with silver spoons, you get to see, you really get to see life at its, it's cruel, cruelest and it helps shape the material that you're producing beyond all that. In this case though, I feel like Iger, this, he has a, a amazing amount of money and I feel like he could, take care of his people, whether it be theme parks in Orlando, Hollywood, or even have made some kind of concession to the writers and saying, okay, look, we'll, we'll, we'll throw you this for some, for right now until we can get this worked out. And so seldom am I on that side of the, the, the aisle with people going, you know, these people should be awarded for producing substandard material, but I feel like he could have, if he was inclined to, he had bargaining power that some of these other companies would have followed, followed with, because after all, he is Disney. So Disney is the one that's been making, profiting the films as of late. But yeah, as writers go, I think, I think there's a lot of life experiencing some of these younger people not had uh, recently was watching an episode of star Trek, strange new worlds. And these are supposed to be military professionals and they're acting, they're reminding you of people at your local coffee shop and, and even down to wow. their, their interactions with their friend. Real, these are supposed, again, supposed to be people who are trained and one of them is supposed to be a her from the, the original series. And they're kind of two, three of them are over in the corner, kind of like, like something you would see on a teen drama and telling the other this other friend of theirs like, go ahead say that you like him. Same. And it is essentially what they were saying. And you're like, but you're in a situation where you, you could die. I feel like you, there should be a bit more 
presence there. Oh, you know, should be you're supposed they're supposedly dealing with these alien life forms that could do things that humans can't even dream of. That was changing a person's DNA makeup. I feel like it required a certain matter of yeah, you know, gravitas, exactly. you know, of maturity, and they're acting like middle schoolers. I agree with you with with what you describe with a lot of the current writers. While doing research for this episode, I stumbled upon Robert Meyer Burnett on YouTube. I follow his channel. And just like, you know, you, he's a screenwriter, but he's also been a director and a producer in Hollywood. And he said something so true about writers. Also adding on to like, you know, these people haven't lived. He said something so simple, which is, you, it's so obvious that these writers don't read. They don't read. They don't read books. What It's the most basic thing of being a writer is to be an avid reader because you're reading other people's work and you start seeing, if you read a good story, even if it's through osmosis, you're going to be like, oh, okay, because... What are some of the biggest blockbusters in recent time? What did Lucas do with, with Star Wars? Well, I kind of want to do these movies roughly based on the serials I grew up with, with Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon. But I kind of want to add some of these Kurosawa martial art samurai things. And, and you know, he, he was an avid reader. You know, what was Indiana Jones? Well, you know, kind of like a serial of like old 40s action movies, you know, and, and adventure books. And you could tell these people are so arrogant. And like you've mentioned in past episodes where you go to college and it's a screenwriting class, but they don't even read, you know. And if, if, if you're not reading just regular books and different stories of different genres and different styles, fiction, nonfiction, you know, more of a documentary style, not through a, you know, not documentaries more film, but something that's more educational. If you don't, if you don't, you know, exercise your reading muscle, what good are you as a writer? And when he said that, I'm like, that's brilliant. So when you're on the YouTubes, look up Robert Meyer Burnett. The man, the man is is brilliant and he knows what he's talking about and he's always saying insightful things I'm gonna like that. I'm going to give three names that if people aren't familiar with them, I, I okay. Stephen King, Alan Moore. Um, I don't think I need to mention a book Stephen King did, but I'll throw it out there. The Shining, Firestarter, a few little things that somebody's heard of. You know, they did okay. They did okay. Yeah. Alan Moore, um, he, Swamp Thing, um, The Watchman. It was kind of a, you know, it was a cartoon or a comic book that's made into a movie. And, um, V for Vendetta. Yeah, I feel like that did something. And the last one is, um, Neil Gaiman, Sandman. He did a few other little things maybe people have heard of. Um, oh, Lucifer, um, American Gods. One of them, and I don't remember which one it is, but the one thing that they advise writers beyond reading, they, they tell you, and I don't know which one said this, but essentially they say read stuff that you're not normally reading. Find something you're not familiar with. Give it a shot. 
and all of them talk about stretching that and king is very much about read put audiobooks in spend the time there and the thing about that is you learn as you said you learn from you remember things as you're writing you may be applying writing your own material but you also can come up with little gems that you never thought of that somebody else did and writing is just like anything else you it's it's almost like um like business it's like you you read somebody's thing and you're like man that was a cool idea but i think they really should do it like this just like a business and then you go out there and you put yours together but if you've never read even the greats and sometimes yes they're dry i personally read the first time i ever read robert e howard conan i was like oh my god what is this and then i forced myself to read neil gaiman's american gods and then you come to as my colleague said you it, it's like working out or stretching that muscle then you go back and you read you read hp lovecraft stuff and they're so thick and detailed and it inspires you to go on and read even i'm planning to read the lord of the rings series though i hadn't originally i hadn't even watched the movies and you know you you come to appreciate guys like i mean i i can go on about this point of it is you come up with little ideas that stick in them if you're a writer stick in the back of your mind and then you can apply them and the original writers of star trek were reading the greats king read the greats um mr burnett i follow him as well and that's the one thing he's like you know he you can hear his admiration for the original star trek people he's like these are people who live lives but also read the time machine read the original works and there's nothing like digging through the stories and you're seeing i'll go back to the, the original writer of conan and you're reading howard's writing and you're like holy cow this is where this got and you and you've seen it in so many movies and so many other things and you're like he could he could sue these people for plagiarism they ripped this guy's this whole concept off i can't i don't recall what it was but it helps you expand on your own craft on your own material and even as a actor, if you watch the greats, and I mean, go back and watch exactly. the original Charlie Chaplin, go back and watch the original War of the Worlds, everything that it, Quentin Tarantino, there's a million people that could sue Tarantino for plagiarizing because he stole so many of their ideas. But these are people who watch stuff well beyond the regular what's on youtube you know they were they back when they had things like blockbuster they would be like man let me look at this old movie and i'm here to tell you some of those old cruddy films will have so such good ideas if they could if they would have been executed today um but that's the thing is some of these writers are just being following orders they're like look i need you to do this and they could have the best idea in the world and the studio's going, but I need another Star Wars installment. They're like, I don't, I don't have a Star Wars. Well, yeah, you know that's been my biggest, you know, uh, qualm with Hollywood is they're treating it like it's some fast food restaurant, and they want much more of the same. But then you have like the whole Disney situation and everything from this Lightyear movie to you know how horribly they've ruined star wars and you have these marvel characters in this marvel cinematic universe that came to a great conclusion with uh endgame and then all this trash that you've put on your 
streaming service like She-Hulk and uh, Scarlet Witch and oh my god, all of just this just is trash. It's just all trash. It's unwatchable. It, it, it's 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 just horrible. Yeah, there there's a lot of we want more of this, but then there's just a lot of agenda and and that's why people are are, are sick and tired of anything that has the mouse ears as a logo because they're sick they're, they're sick and tired of being preached to they just want to watch something entertaining something that means something to them or they're they're sick of you taking their favorite characters like you know han solo and killing them off or making luke skywalker an old bitter coward you know it's it's just ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous but I think there's a lot of there is some of that. But I think there's a lot of these writers that they just don't know how to write. And a creator pointed don't. this out. One of the things that Disney also did wrong is the moment they acquired the Fox properties, they should have canned everything until went right to the X Men material. And now with the writer strike, and I, I want to run this out for people. Consider this. You have the, the, they wait to October to get the writer strike done and the actor strike. Now the writers are being told, okay, we need movies. T television can work a little faster. Or certain cast members aren't coming back. But let's just say for the sake, they, they need movies. So if they're going to write quality material, it's going to take a few, few months. So they're not going to get into production until summer. And then. You're, so you're not going to get a, any new content until the end of next year. You have things like. I think I think you're being generous. I don't see them even starting at the end of summer. I bet you the strike goes on at least until the fall, at least till September. Well, that's what I'm oh, saying. Okay. I was saying summer of next year before they can get into production. If they were to sew it up before the end of October and the writers get to work and then you got the holidays and everything and they're producing scripts that are worth making. You got movies like Deadpool that was in middle of production and shot shut down. And uh, Warner Brothers did it for those who may not be aware, did a stroke of genius. They're shooting the next House of the Dragons over in Europe. They have different rules, so that wasn't shut down. They will still get to put out a their gym by uh fall if not earlier than that simply because they're still making it and i don't know about the lord of the rings prequel series i think it may be under production in production but many of the major hollywood films shut down and you don't know what's going to happen do you how weird is it going to be watching the deadpool movie and then in the middle of the film they look differently because it, it's like six months or maybe a year later well how weird is it going to be it's going to be almost like during the pandemic, but how long did that go where there wasn't even sporting events and ESPN was showing like marble races, literally like races of marbles going down like these weird hot wheel tracks and weird stuff like that. Now we'll still have sports, but people, are they just going to have to by necessity start binge watching older stuff on their favorite streaming services and movies? They're not going to get it. They're not going to get anything new. I mean, there's tons of if some weird apocalyptic thing happened. I don't know. How long do you think 
if you if you just started watching everything, how long do you think you you would go before you ran out of something before you'd have to watch something twice? And if you just watched it on one stream, let, well, I'm just talking about just one streaming service. We'll just pick Netflix because it's the most common one that most people have. If you started watching Star Trek back in the 90s, there was over 300 hours. If you started with the original series and you just watched one episode at a time and worked your way through, there are 22, 25 episodes in some of those seasons. They all ran about seven seasons. You could get up to the new material and in a, mind you, I'm figuring you're watching one show a week because... See, but not- no one's doing that, so... You would have to remember people are going to binge watch. So let's say they watch each episode's an hour. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe they watch three. Okay. Cause here's the problem. Here's the problem with how you gauge this. People will treat their streaming service. Like you used to do, or let me rephrase it. We as teenagers used to do with music where you would put something on and it's just kind of playing in the background and you're playing a video game or doing something else. That's what people do with their streaming services. They'll turn on the TV and put on, like you said, first episode of Star Trek. And they go into the kitchen and they start cooking. And they may sit down and it's probably ending the first episode. And then the second one starts. And then they'll get on their iPad. So they, they may, the, the, the TV will say they've seen four episodes, but they probably saw half an hour of one. So you got to factor that in. You know, people will binge watch. But if you're binge watching, if you're an avid TV watcher, but you still go to work, you still have a job where you work eight hours a day, you might have like three to four hours of TV time before you got to go to bed. So going back to the original question, people would just start watching older stuff. There's YouTube as well. I think they would. I think that the um, you know where you're watching different you know yeah, uh, but I think the, podcasters and YouTube celebrities or whatnot. I know a lot of. I have a lot of colleagues who told me straight up. They're like, I'm fine with it because I can catch up on stuff I haven't got around to watching. So yes, Disney has the least amount of content out there. Well, no, Apple TV, but. If you're Netflix, you go game, cool, and you just you start blowing the dust off of whatever you might still you may have pulled down that you still have the have the rights to that you just haven't been there. You if you're Paramount, well, you're, here, here's you're the golden thing. because here's you got thing. seasons. Let's say this goes on for a decent amount. Like. How long are people gonna have to go into the back catalog of their streaming services? So you you. When are they going to get something I new, think like that early also... next year? January, February of 2024? Yes. So the rest of the year is done. The, news, it's the newest material that you got. Remember, you got sporting events. So Yeah, but not everybody a, is a sport fan. Touche. So the people that are sporting, a, sport, you know, sports fans, that nothing changes for them. Nope. And there's, it's not a sport per se. It's sport entertainment. But pro wrestling, that will continue as well. So... I think pro wrestling may make out because people that before wouldn't watch it may watch it because it is so, you know, male soap opera if you follow it. Um, so that might get a, a increase in, in, in views, but 
everybody else that's kind of has their favorite shows or whatnot, they're just going to have to suck it. Because, like, your friend brought up a good point. They'll back watch stuff. I'll just get more into practicing playing ukulele guitar and DJ. Yeah, the company. I'll just go more deeper into my hobby. That's what I'll do. This will also make um, dude who owns Amazon richer because people who really want something fresh, they're going to just go, well, what's on Kindle? What's over here? What's over there? And I think that would be great that people would more people would start reading again, even if it's digitally. I think that'd be phenomenal. Yeah. Sadly, I don't see that. I think that may happen more with older readers. And I don't mean older. I mean, people that used to read, but for whatever reason, they don't read as much. I'll include myself in that group. I love reading, but just just don't do it as much because now. I, I, I follow a lot of YouTubers that are like um, essayists. It's like its own genre where they'll talk about a specific subject, but then they give you all the 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 cerebral, really detailed info on a particular subject. So I, I watch a lot of that, but, um, you know, I, I think for their live entertainment, people that, you know, they just binge watch whatever shows we'll get a into. lot of maybe the, maybe youtube will will hopefully this will bring some sort of renaissance but a decent renaissance not like now the the paul brothers are more famous than ever before god that would suck how about i don't know who they are well that's good for you <laughs> but ask your kids they'll know who they i are. think that there there's yeah, a decent but... amount of readers simply because the amount of material out there the still but I think that, yes, you're right, that a lot of those people who are more inclined to watch videos are simply just going to discover you're going to get some, you may get some more YouTube millionaires or social media millionaires out there. You're going to get somebody who may find the right person. His his uncle has a little bit of cash, so they start up their own little web series. There's also one more thing that's involved in all this that I have. Are you familiar with the term force majeure? Yes. Act yes. of God. And everybody, apparently, this is in a lot of Hollywood. Well, well real quick, real quick, um, explain what first force majeure Basically, it's is an act of, to our lovely podcast. It's an act of God. It's something that could not be foreseen. When it comes to working stoppage in Hollywood, what exactly is an act of God? It is a question that sent studios scrambling amidst the COVID pandemic, but even now, there's not much clarity around it so-called force majeure events with this force majeure being out there unless it's in their contract saying that the studios cannot fire them cannot end shows cannot let actors go unless it's spelled out that it's something that can't be done like a jj abram would have in his contract a lot of these actors if it wasn't put into their contracts can be let go you will just have shows canceled and it could be maybe one of the, the a Marvel character, Miss the young Miss Marvel, if it's not in her contract, the studio could let her go and just simply say, oh, sorry, it was because of the strike. Writers on that show, that entire writing room could be cleared out simply because it wasn't in their contract. The new Star Trek series, the final season of Discovery, could go away simply because it wasn't in the contract. And Paramount's like, yeah, w sorry, we, we, we just don't have the money to do it now. So a lot of things could go away simply because the actors have gone along with the strike as well. 
it puts the power in the studio's hands. This is, my, since you kind of brought it up, this is my prediction. And then I'll let you predict what you think will happen. Bouncing off what you just said, that's some of the things I predict. Studios aren't going to lose. They're the ones that have the power. They're going to use this opportunity to make a lot of cuts because one thing that has been happening in the past decade is a lot of overspending. There's a lot of these movies that didn't have to cost or they didn't have to rack up the prices that they did to film them. Certain movies like the Fast and the Furious franchise, like anything Disney's put out in the last three years, um, even some of these uh, animated movies, the amount of marketing that they put in them, but their movies are such trash, nobody goes to see them, they don't make a, a return on investment. A lot of these live remakes of Disney classics that nobody asked for and they overpay their actors and they put some stupid agenda on the movie and then nobody goes to see it. The company, the shareholders, they want to recoup all that money back. So yes, they're going to fire a lot of actors. They're going to fire a lot of writers. They're going to close down a lot of productions and it's still going to be the best of the best. So the actor, the SAG and the writers guild may get some concessions, but in the long run, it's still going to be the best of the best, and there's just going to be less of them. So if on an average TV show, you have 10 writers, and let's say it's a sitcom and it's a cast, your main cast is eight people, now you're going to have three writers and a cast of maybe four people. That's what's going to happen. These um, higher types think that AI is going to save their butts. It's not. Because AI does not have the ability to write fresh material. It can only write what is already input into the artificial intelligence. So you're just going to start seeing more TV shows and more movies that are going to be familiar to stuff that you've seen in the past because AI is not going to be able to give you anything original like a human being can, like... Once again, George Lucas, where he took elements of different things that he grew up with and he gave you Star Wars. Like um, uh, Tolkien did with Lord of the Rings and he took elements of different things from King Arthur and fantasy stories that he liked and he gave you Lord of the Rings. AI cannot give you that. So I'm going to stay with my cynical stance and it's going to be a very boring season for entertainment for a while at least from the studios in youtube and on social media that's where you're going to start seeing your 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 creativity to a certain point because we're in the day age of somebody comes up with a cute dance and then millions of people copy the one cute dance and nobody remembers who started and choreographed the cute dance so that's what I predict. I predict, you know, there's going to be a lot of cleaning house and there's going to be less writers and less actors and they're not even going to be able to pay their yearly union fee because they're not going to have work. RL, what do you see happening? I think if the studios get away without showing the streaming numbers that they're going to simply say, 
we're canceling your show because we because it wasn't doing well. I think that I could see potentially the entire secret hideout, I think, is a company that does the Star Trek stuff getting let go. That like they're just like this is where we call it, we call it here, boom, and Paramount going, We don't have the the money for this. I could see the fast films being a we're not giving you two more VIN. We're only doing one more, and that's what we got. I see a lot of these new, these concepts as oh, we're gonna do a big, all female spinoff of this, fast films. I don't think that's gonna happen. I think they're, the other thing we also got to keep in mind that, life is weird. You could, you could have some of these films where the, some of the actors aren't in the place anymore, or they may not even be here. And now, how are you gonna do a spinoff of this? if one of the, the actors has passed away, which is kind of dark, but that's the reality of things. But you could have a lot of, I think there's gonna be a lot of cleaning house. I think that in the end, the studios are going to get exactly what they want. I think you're gonna even have cases where some films are gonna have AI actors, like this person, you know, you get to see young Mark Hamill running around in a new Star Wars film because that, that was in his contract. And yeah, you're going to have some some rinse and repeat, but I, I'm also wondering if Hollywood's kind of using this as a reset button going, you know what, that wasn't working, so we're going to give this stuff a rest. I'd like to think that's the idea, that they're going to say, okay, we're going to let some of these, that we're just going to stop the Marvel films and the DC films, and, you know, we're, we're going to wait five years or so, maybe longer. Another thing is, I think you're not going to have big-budget films for a little bit because students got to make some money. So you may have some Adam Sandler level early career love stories for a little bit and some basic drama, courtroom dramas, and maybe once in a while the tentpole movie will be some kind of alien adventure with somebody that they can come by cheap. Then, of course, in the end, this cycle will go all the way back and, you know, down the road, Maybe a few decades later, you'll Hollywood will have to do another reset. But by that time, who knows what's going to be happening? But um, that's my prediction. As part of the reset, because they're definitely going to use this as a reset. Reset. Do you see the return of practical effects? Because that's one of the reasons these budgets got so blown out of proportion. Is because of ridiculous amounts of use of CGI. Do you see like solid stunt work happening again instead of people flying through the air and ridiculous fight scenes that are so fast they look like a Dragon Ball C episode? Will we start seeing like like throwback actors like a Tom Cruise in the sense like he does all his stunts? Will we see like a Jean-Claude new version of, of a Jean-Claude Van Damme or a Sylvester Stallone where it's just solid great fight choreography and practical stuff because it's it is cheaper do you see a return of that i don't see the necessarily the return of the the superstar actor simply because it's something that the studio it, it puts the member of those guys had the power no not so much the actor per se i, I mean more like pr more practical effects instead of everything being so cgi heavy like they'll they'll make more puppets or something depending on the movie. I could see this next round of films being, yes, more practical. I could actually even see a guy like me, Kevin Smith level guy coming in who can do a, ch a film cheap, getting another 
installment of one of his things simply because he'd made that last one for like seven million dollars i know you're not a, a fan but something that just basic comedy the return of the mid-budget films where it's like look we don't have a lot of money you're not getting a lot of money and we'll see how this goes so yeah i could see some action stars making a rise simply because again we're talking about like 90s style like you said the van dams and, and the um Steven Seagal's who it was action, but it wasn't over the top. Sure, it will have the NTV flash of a for every mo movement you have a cut, but it if it can be done cheaper, and then you have these young people who do like the the horror slasher film. So if you you're presenting them with something that doesn't require that it it can be just one scary dude running around with an axe. Yeah, I can definitely see that happening simply because it's it's going to be bargain basement for the studios to make them and horror films generally make money like you said there will be a reset and there will be a lot of people losing their jobs will this create new opportunity for new actors or is it almost going to be like the ones that are there or they're the ones making getting the gigs you know will we see new faces like you said or new directors and producers coming out with like you said comedies and horror you know some of these more cheaper so to speak genres of movies that are cheaper to film. if i was an actor a young actor today or even a young creative team i'd get a camera and start doing scenes from your favorite movies because eventually they will be looking for less expensive people um there's a joke going around the internet somebody going you know what are you going to do you're going to let some youtube some uh some nerds off of a YouTube write your next Star Wars film. And the joke is like, they might <laughs> simply because they know the material better than you do, apparently. Um, so yeah, you could have fresh talent simply the studios going, look, I can hire like five of these guys for the price that I pay this one, one of these mega directors and they won't give me lip for at least a few years. You could, if, if the studios wanted to be clever and wanted to be, underhanded enough they could definitely do that simply out of the fact that hey i'm paying you you know i'm i'm buying your film your screenplay for your celebrating because you're out in the north carolina so giving you two hundred thousand, you just got a payday and that's the writers guild's minimum but you don't know that <laughs> assuming they even let the the guilds the unions back in which of course is california so i feel like they would have to Let's see what the future brings us. Make sure to follow Two Dudes on a Backlot. Tell all your friends. Pull out your cell phone. Put it in their face. Subs tell them to subscribe to the podcast, to follow us, share it with their friends, and uh, we'll see you for the next one. And again, we appreciate your support, and remember, the truth is out there. Have a good night, everyone. Now, as our intrepid duo return to their lives as pizza delivery man and dollar theater usher, we must remember the lessons we learned today. Join us again, same backlot time, same backlot channel.